We begin today at the Mishnah on the Tzadik Tess Summit Base towards the bottom of the Yomot. Zok the Heilige Mishnah. Shuma Dayonim. The judges are Bezdin that's evaluating a property and selling it. So simply this would be speaking about like we learned before regarding collecting a Ksuba for a Isha. That's an Almana. Or it could also be speaking about a case of a loan where Bezdin is uh, evaluating a property to collect it for a loan. Shepicha Sushtos or Hisifishtos. So they reduce the, the value of the property a sixth less of its true value, or they add it to its value a sixth more than its true value. Mechram bottle. So the sale, yeah, this, the bezin, the evaluation that they made was not accurate. And, and this mistake was a, a sixth, either more or less. In, in other words, either going more than its value or less than its value. So mechram bottle. So the sale of the bezin is nullified. So the Chiddush over here is that when the Bezdin makes this mistake, and they're, they're doing this as a shlichus, either for the Isha or for a Balchayv to sell. So when it comes to a Bezdin, only if the mistake was in the in a shtus, then the Mecher is bottle. Rabshim Gamliel Gamliel says, Mechran Kayim. Even if the mistake was in the sixth of the value of the property, the sale still takes effect. But as we'll see soon in the Gemara, even according to Rabshim and Gamliel, it doesn't mean that even if they made a mistake that's very big. We'll see soon. The Gemara will say, even according to Rabshim and Gamliel, there's a limitation to this. But Rabshim and Gamliel gives a svara. In Cain, if you're going to say that when Bezin makes a mistake in the value, of a, in, the, in the sixth of its value, so this that Bezin has the power to go and to sell, to evaluate, what's the special power that Bezin is being granted? So it must be that Bezdin has more of a koyach than other people. Aval, however, im if the Bezdin gives out a notice, which is bikaides. Bikaides means people could come and inspect the property. Basically, Bezdin is auctioning off this property. The word beneyem, some are not good as this word beneyem. It's not clear what this word beneyem means. But the point is that Bezdin gives out a notice. Everyone should come and inspect the property and offer a price. So then, even if Bezdin sold a property that's only worth one mana, they sold it for double the price, or it was worth 200 and they only sold it for 100, mechran kaim. The sale takes effect because once they made such a notice and it's an auction, so then whatever price they got for it, it's the best price that they were able to get. Yeah. Again? Why, why are they doing it? Why is the shop thing up to fill? Yeah, to sell it, to sell the properties of Yusayimim, to collect the Ksuba for Isha. Or like I said, it could be regarding any Balchayv that needs to collect a loan from a, from a Leiva. Yibayilu, the question was asked, Shliach Keman. A shliach that makes a mistake. So who do we compare the shliach to? So we had before in the Gemara, when it comes to an almana, that when she makes a mistake regarding selling the properties of Yisayim, even if she made a tiny mistake, so the whole sale is bottle, like we learned before. There was a, only a dinner, and she made a mistake, she reduced the value even of one dinner. Nevertheless, it's bottle. That's the halacha we learned in the earlier Mishnah. Here in the Mishnah, regarding the Bezdin, it says that only if they made a mistake of a shtos, then the mecher will be bottle. So the question is, a shliach, does he have the halacha like an almana, or does he have a halacha like a bezdin? Now in the Lashon of the Gemara, when it says shliach, it's not clear what kind of shliach we're talking about. Rashi doesn't spell out anything. It looks like we're talking any shliach. person that sends a shliach to go and sell a property for him. But Teisvi says, 
according to one pshat in Teisvis, it's not talking about any shliach, because any shliach would for sure be like an almana, the Gemara before brought, that a shliach, we say, that only if he does exactly what's for the benefit of the mishaleach, the sale takes effect. But even any mistake, even less than a shtos, so the, be- the mecha should be bottle. So Teisvis in one pshat says, when it says a shliach, the Gemara means a shliach of a bezdin. Usually it's the Bezdin itself, the three Dayanim that are there, that oversee the evaluation. And therefore we say that only, that, that only if it's a Shtus, the Mecher is bottled. The question is, what's if Bezdin sends a Shliach? And the Bezdin itself is not overseeing the evaluation. That's Taisus' Pshat. Okay, so the Gemara brings the Machlaikis here. Rav Amar Nachman. Yeah. Yeah. So Rav Amar Nachman. Rav says in the name of Rav Nachman, Shliach Kedayanim. The halach of a shliach is the same like the dayanim, that only by a shtos, only if the mistake was in the, in the value of a sixth of the property, then it will be bottled. Rav Shmoba business says, in the name of Rav Nachman, Kalmona. The shliach has the halacha like an almana, whatever the mistake was, even a tiny mistake, the mecha will be bottled. So the Gemara explains now the Svaris, the reasons for this Machlaikis. Rav Amr Rav Nachman Shliach Kedayonin. So Rav said that the Halach is a Shliach is like a Dayon. Why should we compare Shliach to the Dayon? Because Ma Dayonin, just like in the case of the Dayonim, they're not evaluating and selling this property for their own sake. They're doing it for the purpose of whoever has to collect from here. So Av Shliach, so too when it comes to the Shliach, Nami He's not doing this for himself, he's doing it for someone else. So therefore we compare him to the bezin, just like a bezin that does for someone else. There's sort of more of a leeway, even with a mistake, up to a sixth, the mecha will not be bottled. The same is with a shliach. Lafuke almana, that excludes an almana, the lididah. What she's selling, what she's doing is for her own sake. Rav business says in the name of Nachman, Kalmane. That no, we compare a shliach to an almana because ma almana yechido, just like an almana that's selling, she's a, she's doing this alone, she's one person doing this alone. Af shliach yachid, so too by a shliach, he's doing this alone, and therefore what he does, he has to be more careful. And if he sells and makes a small mistake, it'll all be bottle. Lafuke bezdin derabim nino which excludes Bezdin. Bezdin is, is coming, and it's many, it's three Dayanim, a Bezdin together, so over there they have a stronger Kayach, and therefore only if it was a mistake, a sixth, according to the Tanakama, will it be bottled. The Hilchaset, the Halacha regarding this Machlaikis is, Shliach Kalmona. A Shliach has the Kayach like an, um, only, like, only like an Almana, and any mistake, the sale will be bottled. But the question is regarding this halacha of the shliach. Why is this any different than the halacha of the Mishnah that we learned and we had just before as well in the Gemara regarding a person that sends a shliach for Trume? Nah, the Mishnah says in Mesech the Trume, a person says to shliach, go out and take Trume for me from my produce. So Tayrim Kadas Palabais, he gives the Trume like the way he estimates. This this balabas, what kind of person he is? Is he generous? Is he stingy? The many a day a balabais. If he doesn't know what kind of a person this is, this is the, what the, what balabas, what the balabas would want to give. So then tayrim bebeinenis, he gives the average amount, which is a fiftieth echad mechamishim. Piches asada, if he gave a, a tenth less, he gave a sixtieth or a heisef asada, or he gave a fortieth. Trumasi truma, the truma takes effect. That's the range of the amount that chachamim instituted to give truma. From a 40th to a 60th. 
So what do we see over here? Even if the shliach makes a mistake in giving truma, and he, but it was a tenth less or a tenth more, the truma takes effect. So why over here do we say regarding a shliach that when he sells a property that is just like an almana, that even a tiny mistake, the sale is null and void? And says the Gemara, Hossam over there, Kiv in the Ike, the Tayrim Bain Ra. Since there are people that give with a stingy eye, Vika the Tayrim Bain Yafa. And there are people that give with a generous eye. So Amalei, he can say to the Balabas that sent him, Lahachi Amadaticha. This is how I evaluated your, your uh, opinion, what, what you wanted to give. In other words, since the Mishaleach didn't tell him when he appointed him what he wants to give, so therefore he's, the Mishaleach himself is, is showing that he's relying on the shliach to give what, what, what amount is, is normal to give and what's included and what Chazal said you can give. So therefore you can say, you didn't tell me, so I have the full right to evaluate your opinion the way I understand it. But over here, when you come to sell a property, over here it's a mistake. There's a value, there's a market value for the property and you sold it, you made a mistake. So even a tiny mistake, the halach of the shliach will be like an almana and the sale will be bottle. Amalei, so therefore, oh, this is a continuation, sorry, this is a continuation of the answer. So Amalei, the, the Mishaleach says to him, You shouldn't have made any mistake. Amar Ravuna Bachanina said, regarding the Machloikis in the Mishnah, so again, the Tanakama said that if Bezdin makes a mistake up to the amount of a sixth, by the, that amount, not less, but the amount of a sixth, so then the Mekach will be bottled. Abshim Gamliel says, even if their mistake was a shtos, a sixth, the Mekach is still Kayim because there's a special power that the Bezn has. So the Gemara says, Omer of Nachman, of Nachman said, again? We'll see, the Gemara is soon going to say. Omer of Nachman said, Omer of Nachman said, Allah Chachomim, the Allah is like the Chachomim that say that if the mistake was the sixth, that the Mekach is bottle. Did Rav Nachman actually say this? Does Rav Nachman not hold this Svar? But Rav Shema Gamliel says that we have to empower the Bezdin more than any other person. There's, does Rav Nachman not, not agree with this? But Rav Nachman said in the name of Shmuel regarding the Kayach of Bezdin as follows. Yisayimim that are coming to divide the properties of their father. So Bezdin mamidim lahen apetropis. Bezdin establishes and gives for the Yisayimim and apetropis, a caretaker. Ubaidin lahem chelik yafeh. And the Apotropos has to choose for the Yusayimim, each one of them, a good uh, portion that he should get. So in other words, the Chayr of the Nigemar over here is, each one of the Yusayimim has, if they're Ketanim, so they have someone that represents them from the Bezin, that's uh, going to make sure that they get a proper portion that they deserve. Then, Higdilu, once these Yusayimim themselves become G'daylim, so now Yechaylim Limchais, they could come and protest and say, the portion that I was given is not for my benefit, this is not for what I want. There's a mistake, there's something that's not accurate, I didn't get fear. But Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman himself argues and says, Even after they become G'daylem, they cannot protest and change the way it was divided through the Apotropis that Bezdin appointed. And the Svar he says is, If you allow them to come and protest when they become G'daylem, So what power are you giving here? What's, what's accomplished here that the Bezdin is appointing an Apotropis to get this Chalukah done? If they could anyways protest later, so it's sort of just a temporary thing. It's, it's not uh, anything that's uh, permanent. But the idea of an Apotropis is to represent the Yusayimim and this will be the proper Chalukah and you can't change it later. 
So here we clearly see that Av Nachman holds of this idea that once you have Bezdin dividing, then there's a very strong power to what Bezdin does and you can't change it. So why, why wouldn't we say the same over here regarding a property that was evaluated by the Bezdin and there was a mistake and here Av Nachman is not paskaling like Rav Gamliel that uses this word of Ma'akayach Bezdin Yofeh. Answers the Gemara, you can't compare. Like Hashir, there's no question. Ha the Tohu. Over here in our mission of the cases that the Bezin evaluated the property and there was a mistake. So therefore over here, the power of the Bezin is not in a case when there was a mistake. And ha, over here when Nachman said that the Yisayimim, when they become G'daylim, they can't change the way it was divided. It's the light Tohu. Because there was no mistake in the way it was divided. Everybody got their fair amount that they deserve. So therefore the G'daylim, the Yisayimim, when they become G'daylim, cannot come and protest and try to change it. But how could you explain Rav Nachman this way over here? If there was no mistake in the way it was divided, So then what does it mean over here when the Tanakhama says that the Yisayimim could come and protest that they want to change if they got their fair amount? What exactly is it that they're asking for? And says the Gemara Beruchais. Yes, they got a fair amount. It was actually divided properly, but they could say that the area, the place, the side that they got, they want to change and get on the other side. And the reason is, as Rashi explains, let's say this person, this Yosem, he got a certain property as an inheritance on the other side. And now they gave him a property that's far away. So he has it on two opposite sides. It's not convenient for him to go and have a property here and there. So he comes and he protests and he says he wants to change the division that he should have the property on the same side where he has another property. Kiyosar Avdimi Omar, when Avdimi came, he said as follows, that Maise, there was a story and there was a Shaila about this when Bezdin evaluated and they made a mistake and the mistake was a Shtus, a sixth. And the question is, is the sale bottle or not? And Rabbi passing like the Chachamim because the mistake was the sixth, so the sale is bottle. So now, Prota is Ben Prota. So this Tane by the name of Prota, the son of Rabbi Lazar, which was the son of, of Prota as well, which means that Ben Benoishra Prota Godel, the grandson of Prota, is an anical, is from, from the grandfather, which was called Raprata HaGadl. So the way to read this Gemara over here is, not Ben Benoi, when it says Ben Benoi Shara Prata Godl, it doesn't mean that Rabbi Lazar Ben Prata was the Ben Benoi Shara Prata Godl. What the Gemara is saying is that Prata was the son of Rabbi Lazar, which was the son of Ben Prata, and therefore it comes out that the anical Prata was Ben Benoi Shara Prata Godl. That's how Tesis explains here. So he said to Rabbi, in Cain, Ma Koyach Bezni Yofa. If you're saying that when Bezna evaluated and sold the property, that the sale is null and void because they made a mistake by the value of a sixth, so then what's the power? What's the special power of Bezna? In other words, Raprata was saying we should pass him like Rav Shimon and Gamliel. And after Rabbi heard his taina, his argument, so Rabbi Taka returned to Psaktin and he said that the sale is in effect. That's the way Rav Dimi repeated the incident that happened. So the Gemara now says, Ravdimi Masni Hachi, Ravdimi brought the story in this version, that he, Rabbi already paskin, like the Chachamim, and then Rabbi changed the Psaq after Raprata asked him. 
But Rav Safra Masni Hachi, Rav Safra said that the story happened as follows, that Maise, there was a story that happened when Bezin evaluated and made a mistake, Ubikish Rebbe Lassus Kedivri Chachamim, Rebbe wanted to paskin like the Chachamim, and even before he actually paskin, Amalofan of Prata, Benoisha Rabbi Loza Ben Prata, which means that, the, that Prata is Ben Benoisha Rabbi Prata Godel, that he's the grandson of Rabbi Prata Godel, in Kema Koyach Bezni Yofe. What's the power of Bezni? Meaning you should paskin like Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. So Loi also Rabbi Samaisa. According to this version, so Rabbi never paskined like the Chachamim. He wanted to, but because he brought up the opinion of Rav Shimon Gamliel, so he never ended up paskining like Rav Shimon, like the Chachamim. He paskined like Rav Shimon Gamliel. So Gemara now wants to understand the difference between these two versions, whether Rabbi actually paskined like the Chachamim and he changed the Psak, or he didn't paskin. He wanted to paskin and he didn't because Rav Shimon Gamliel's opinion was brought up. So shall we say, the argument between Rav Dimi and Rav Safra, how the story happened, they're arguing in the following. That according to Rav Dimi, if you make a mistake in something that's written in the Mishnah, so you, ha- you, can, you can retract the Psak. So therefore over here, Rabbi Paskin like the Chachamim, but it's a Tob Edvar Mishnah because you should have Paskin like Rav Shimon Gamliel, especially as Rashi says, Rav Shimon Gamliel gives a reason gives a reason to his Psak Din. So that's a, a, a strong reason. So therefore, this is a Dvar Mishnah that he made a mistake in, and therefore, Chayzer, you have to return the Psak Din. But according to Rav Safra, once you paskin, even though you made a mistake with Dvar Mishnah, but the Psak remains. So what happens in such a case when this Psak remains? The Dayan himself that paskin is going to have to reimburse whoever it is that he paskin wrong. He's going to have to give him back money from his own. But the actual psak is going to stay. So therefore over here, Rav Safra says it can't be that there was an actual psak and only afterwards Rebbe retracted because if, even if it was Tabat Va Mishnah, he would have not retracted the psak. Therefore Rav Safra said the story was that he wanted to paskin like the Chachamim, but he did not yet. So the Gemara says, Loi, that's not necessarily the explanation of the Machlaikis between Rav Dimi and Rav Safra. The Kulaam, everybody agrees, the Tobit Va Mishnah, If you made a mistake in what it says in the Mishnah, the Psak goes back. They're just repeating the story as it happened. If you're already passing like the Chachamim or not, it's just a question about the story. But in, in the actual halacha regarding when you paskin, so you could be Chayzer on the Psak. Amr Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef said, our Malta, the Zvina, an Almana that sells a property for collecting a Ksuba, Achrayis Ayasmi. The responsibility of this property, if someone comes and is confiscating this property from the buyer, whether a Balchayiv or whether it turns out that this property never belonged to the father to, of the Yisaymim. So, who has the responsibility to reimburse the buyer? Not the Almana herself, the Yisaymim. It was their property, it came from, from them, from the father. The responsibility goes on the Yisaymim. Says the Gemara, this is obvious. Obviously, you should go on the, on the Yisaymim. It's, it's, it's their property that's being sold. It's not that Dalman is just selling the property to collect from them the, the Ksuba. So, what, what's the Chiddush over here that Rav Yisaymim is saying? Says the Gemara, Almana la You're right. The fact that an Almana says, sells it, that the responsibility of the sale goes into the Yisayimim, that's not the Chiddush. Ki Yitzrichle, the Chiddush of here is Beidine. The Chiddush is regarding a Bezdin that's selling the property of the Yisayimim. 
for the for the isha, they're selling it for the purpose for the isha. Rashi says they're selling it for the food or that has to be fed to the isha or maybe for the daughters. So what's the chiddush over here? Mal detaimed because I would think to say, kol dezavim beidina, any time someone is buying from a bezdin adaita lemepikle kolu dezavim. So over here, what happens when bezdin sells? Bezdin sells and bezdin announces and makes an auction and therefore the lekeach he knows that he's sure in his, in his mind that this property that Bezin is selling is safe and secure and no one has to take any responsibility for me. So he's buying this property thinking that I accept the sale even if I will not be reimbursed. He doesn't even need anyone to take a Christ. He's so sure that if Bezin is selling it that no one will come ever to, to be ma'arad on this property. So therefore it is, there's no Christ for this. This is a very interesting thing. In other words, you would think to say such a thing, even if the shtar that the, the buyer gets for this property, it's written in it that it's taken achrayis for this property that he buys. But nevertheless, you would think that when Bezdin sells, nobody has to take any achrayis for this because we know that the lekech is relying that the property is good and nobody will ever come to take it away. So Kamash Malan, so the Chiddush over here is that there's still an achrayis that has to be taken for this property if it's confiscated and the assignment take achrayis. So the main chiddush over here is not that the Yisraelim take achrayis as opposed to Bezdin, but the chiddush is b'chlal, the whole idea that you still have to take achrayis to such a property, even though there's a svara to say that the Lekeach is not expecting this at all. So Rav Shem Gamliel said in the Mishnah, even if Bezdin makes a mistake in the value of the property, a sixth in its value, still the sale takes effect. Now at Kama, so up until how, how much could Bezdin make a mistake and will say that the property, the sale is still in effect? Up to half, if the mistake was up to half of its value. That, until that point, but if it's more than this, then even the bezin that made a mistake, the sale will not be in effect. We learned this in Abraisa as well. Bezin sold a property that's worth 200 zuz, they sold it for half of its value. Or a property that's worth only one mana, and they sold it for, for the double its value. Mechran Kayam, the sale takes effect. Omar Amei, Mamish made Rabbi Yosef. Amei said in the name of Rabbi Yosef. Bezn Shemachru, Beloy Achraza. Bezn that sold the property without Achraza, without auctioning it and announcing it. Nasu Kemi Shetob, Dvar Mishneh. This is considered to be that they, it's as if it becomes like they made a mistake in something which it says in a Mishneh. And the Chayzrin. And therefore, the sale goes back. That was the statement that Rav Yosef said. In the name of Amemi said, in the name of Rav Yosef. You're saying that in such a case, it's like they made the mistake in something that it says in the Mishnah. Most definitely this is a mistake, and there's actually a clear Mishnah that actually says this. There's a Mishnah that says, When Bezin is evaluating a property for the Yisaymim to sell this property, to collect from, from, from them, they have to announce this, the auction is for 30 days. When Bezin is announcing and to, to, to sell a property from Hegdish, so so you have to announce it for double, for 60 days. That has to be announced in the morning and the evening so that people should have time to come and see and evaluate this property. So this is a clear Mishnah. So why are we saying that it's as if he was Toyeb Bidvar Mishnah? Answers the Gemara, Imahi, if it was just that Mishnah, maybe this Allah that you have to be so careful to announce it and to auction it off for a long time, that's if only the Shliach of the Bezdin is selling. Avo Bezdin, if the Bezdin itself is overseeing this sale, 
So maybe then you would say that if it was sold without a proper auction, it still, the sale should still take effect. Kamash Malon. So that's the Chiddush HaMemur said that even the Bezin themselves that sell, it's like Toyebid Var Mishnah and the sale goes back without the proper auction. It's not Avashi asked Amemer from what we just learned in our Mishnah. What did it say in the beginning of our Mishnah? Dayanim evaluated a property and they sold it and they made a mistake in the sale. Whether they reduced the value of Shtos or they inflated the value of Shtos. Mechram bottle. The sale is null and void. That's the Mishnah. So what do we see now from this Mishnah? But if they sold it and they got the proper value in the sale, Mechran Kayim, the sale takes effect. So my love, don't you think the Pshad over here in the Mishnah is the Loyachras, that there was no auction? They didn't announce the, pr- the price of this when they were selling it. And still we see the Mishnah is saying that the sale takes effect, so Bezan does not have to make an auction. Says the Gemara, Loy, no, that the Mishnah is not speaking about without an auction, but the Achras, there was an auction done. But the Gemara says, but you can't say that because oh, in the safe of the Mishnah, there it speaks about Bezin making an auction. So so we understand that in the Reisha of the Mishnah, there was no auction. What does it say in the safe of the Mishnah? The Ktani safe, in the safe of the Mishnah, it says, Im if they send out a notice for people to come and inspect the property. So this is the auction. Bezin is announcing, So then even if the sale was in, in the value, it was whether half its price or double its price, because they made an auction, then whatever it is, the price was paid, the sale takes effect. So you see that the safe of the Mishnah, there was an auction. But in the ratio of the Mishnah, there was no auction. And if the sale without an auction was for its proper price, the sale takes effect. So you see that Bezin does not have to make an auction. Ella says the Gemara, you're right, Lo'ilam, we must say, that the ratio of the Mishnah is without an auction. But it's not a question from the other, from the Allah that Amemer said, based on the Mishnah that was quoted there from Masech Erchin, that Bezin does have to make an auction. Kan over here we're speaking about things that usually there's an auction that's made for them. So for that, Bezin has to make an auction. But then there are certain items that Bezin sells from the Yusayimim that it's not customary to make an auction for them. But the auction could actually be counterproductive. And that's what the ratio of our mission was speaking about. Therefore, Bezin is selling without an auction. And the Gemara explains, The following are things that are sold without an auction. Or avodim, if you're selling slaves, any movable valuables, or uh, documents that you can collect with them, documents that have value. And the Gemara explains why. Avodim, when you sell a slave, you don't want to make an auction. Time and my, what's the reason? These slaves that realize that they're being sold, so they might just run away. So this is the sale is this again. They, they, sorry, the, the auction is counterproductive. Metaltel in the If you're bringing movable, valuable items or shtaris documents to make an auction, so there's a concern. Shema ignavu. This is something that could be stolen. People come. There's a big. It's made publicly, and there's a lot of people there, so it might be stolen. So in such a case, you don't make an auction. Another answer why in the ratio of our Mishnah there's no auction. There is a time period. There are certain things that it's, 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 it's time to make an auction for this. 
And Khan Bishoshay Machris. And then there are certain properties or for certain instances where there's no time to make an auction. What is this? We had this once before in the Gemara. It says the Omri Nerdoi Nerdoi said, Lekarge. If you have to sell from the properties of the Yisayim in order to pay the head tax or the Mizayne, in order to feed, you have to feed the, the Yisayim or you have to feed the Almaner, the, the, the daughters, or or to be able to bury someone, to have money to bury. For these things, there's no time to waste, so therefore it's sold without an auction. That's what the ratio of our mission is speaking about. A third answer is There is a place where the minig is, where the things, the properties are sold with a auction. But then there's a certain place where the minig was that they sold dafke without an auction. The bezin that was selling properties for Yusayimim, they never sent out a notice about an auction for this sale. So what's the reason? Why would they not make an auction? So he thought the reason is The reason is because there's no need to make an auction. Over there, everybody knew exactly what the price of the property is and that's what the price is and that's what they sold it for. But that wasn't the reason. It was told and explained to me, Rav Nachman himself explained to me why in Erda they did not make an auction because people would say, look, it, was, it, was, it became like an embarrassing thing. People that went and bought these properties that was being sold from the Yisayimim, people said, you're taking properties from the Yisayimim that have no money, and then you said that they have to, they're, they're forced to sell their properties in order to be able to give aksube or to feed themselves. So it became an embarrassing thing to buy these properties from the Yisayimim. So therefore no one wanted to buy in an auction. So therefore they sold it without an auction. Selling the valuables and movable items from the Yisayimim. You evaluate them. You sell them the altar. You sell them immediately. You don't wait to, uh, to find a time when there will be a marketplace where more people are there. Right when the father passes away, you evaluate those, those items and you sell them immediately. You sell them at the time when there's a mark, marketplace, when people are coming. To, so then that's the right time and you'll get a better price for it. There's no reason to sell it immediately. But the Gemara explains, there's no argument here between Rav Chista and Rav Yudam Ashmol. Because if it's close to the time when the time of the market will be, so then you wait till then, so you make more money, you'll be able to sell it then. And if it's a while until the marketplace will, will be, so then you can't wait until then. Maybe these, uh, these items will get destroyed or ruined. If Kahane have a biyade shikhre, if Kahane had beer, the Rav Misharshir Bachikloi Yasma, that belonged to Rav Misharshir Bachikloi, which was a Yasm. So this is something that he had to sell for their benefit, for the Yusayim's benefit. So she, uh, he, he held this, he waited, ad rigla, until the yomtiv time when there'll be more people available to come and buy it. There'll be a time, a, a day for the market. Omar, he said, even if it's possible that the taste of this beer won't be exactly as good as it is today, but nevertheless, waiting until the day when more people will be here and be more people in the marketplace, so then you'll get more money for this. 
Similar story, so he had also beer from Ravina Zuti Yasme, which was Bar Achse, the son of his daughter, of his sister, that is, a nephew of his. So, he also had himself, um, this is not beer, sorry, this is wine. He had wine himself as well. So he was bringing his own wine with a boat to the place to, that's called Sikhre. So he wanted to know should he also bring the wine? from his nephew, from the Yusayimim, also to, on the boat, take a, you, you're traveling over a, over a river, so you're taking a certain risk, that may, maybe uh, it could sink. So I wasn't sure if he's allowed to, to take that risk and bring this wine from the Yusayimim along with him, with his wine. Asla kameh Ravashi. So he came to Ravashi. Amalei, Ravashi told him, Amalei, uh, so again, uh, he, he told to Ravashi, that is, he asked Ravashi the question, can I bring along with the wine, my own wine that I'm taking, could I bring also the wine of the Yusayimim to sell over there? You don't have to treat the wine that you're taking care of for the Yusayimim better than you would treat your own wine. So if you're taking your own wine, you're in this boat to go to the city Sikhra, you can take the wine of the Yusayimim along with you as well. When you have a katana that her father didn't marry her off, her, her mother or her brother or her sister married her off, and this is a marriage that's just midrabanon, and she can be mimayin, she can refuse and, and walk away from the marriage at any time. Or a shnia, a woman that's married, but she, she's not allowed midrabanon to be married. This is an erva midrabanon. Or a islandess, or a woman that gets married, and at the time when they got married, she thought that she could have children. And then later it turns out that she cannot have any children. So in all these cases, they don't get any ksubah, the mama enes. She just walks away from the marriage, there's no ksubah. And the shniya as well, chachamim, were masakin, that she should not get a ksubah, so she should not uh, remain married to her husband. And the islandess as well, the whole marriage is a mekkah tos. Turns out that she can't have any children. And also no paytis. Rashi says the halacha of paytis is the husband eats the paytis from her properties that she brought into the marriage, which are called nichsein belog. And in exchange for that, the husband obligates himself that if his wife will ever be captured, he will have to be the one to redeem her. So over here, this obligation of the husband to redeem his wife does not apply to these to these three women. He doesn't have to feed them. And so by the Mama Enes, Rashi explains, it's speaking about a case that she already refused the marriage, and if she borrowed money before for her Mazainus, he was out of town, she borrowed money, he does not have to reimburse her. Veloy Balois, also the clothing that the husband gave her, and those clothing are worn out. Who keeps usually the worn out clothing? The wife, she keeps them, but over here they do not have the rights to keep these. And in Mitchila, however, Going back to the case of the islandess, if when he got married to her, he married her knowing that she is an islandess, that she cannot have any children, so then it's a marriage, it's a good marriage. So she gets a ksuba if he divorces her. And Almana that gets married to a kain gadol, or a grusha v'chalutza l'kain hadyet, or a grusha or a chalutza, they get married, get married to a kain hadyet. So the Almana and the grusha, this is actually a, a iser, menatayda, to be married. Or a mamzeres and nesina li Yisrael, or a mamzeres or a nesina that get married to a Yisrael also an isim minatayda. Or bas Yisrael, a bas Yisrael that gets married le nosin ule mamzer. So in this case, yes, lahem ksuba. Over here, even though the marriage is not allowed minatayda, but nevertheless there is a ksuba here.
So Rashi explains only Benigeya to the the Isser, where they're not allowed to get married Midrabanon. Over here, Chachamim said that he should not get an Iksobe. So that she should not uh, she should not want to get married. She, she's the one that wants to get married. And in that case where the Isser is only Midrabanon, so Chachamim took away her Ksobe. But over here, when it comes to the Isser that there is Minatayre, so over here it's the husband which is the one that wants to get married to her. So therefore, Chachamim did not take away his responsibility to pay Aksuba. Adarabah, let him let him pay the Aksuba. I mean, there's no there's no reason to take away the the Aksuba from uh, from the obligation that he has to to give her the Aksuba. Doctor Gemara Rav Tani. Rav learned over here regarding what it said in the Mishnah, the Mema'enes, that the Mema'enes, that she's walking away from the marriage, so she gets no ksuba and so on. So Rav learned, Kitana Yaitse Beget, that this Kitana, so again, it's not a marriage of Menatayra, just her brother or her mother married her off. So if the husband gives her a get and divorces her, not she walked away from the marriage, but the husband divorces her, also ain't Luxuba. She also doesn't get Luxuba. Most definitely, if she herself walks away from the marriage, she refuses the whole marriage without a get, for sure she gets Luxuba. Shmuel. In other words, Rashi says, the point that Rav is saying is, this whole marriage of this Kitana is not a real marriage, Bakhlaw. Rashi says it's like a mafute. It's just like he's living with her. He's persuaded her to live with her and he's living with her. And there's no marriage here whatsoever. So either way, even if he's giving her a get, there's no ksuba involved there. Shmuel Tani Shmuel says, Mima enes ain't luxuba. If she's the one that's refusing the marriage, then there's no ksuba. beget. But if she's leaving with a get, the husband's sending her away with a get, then yes, luxuba. Then she will get a ksuba. Says the Gemara of Azur Shmuel Tamei Shmuel's following his opinion that he said elsewhere. Shmuel Shmuel said, Mima enes ain't luxuba. If she herself refuses the marriage, then there's no ksuba. Yaitzibiget, but if she's leaving with a get, yesh luxuba, then she does get a ksuba from her husband. Mimanes, now Shmuel says another few halachas over here. Mimanes, if she refuses the marriage, then this does not passel her from getting married to any of the brothers of this husband because it's not a real marriage. Bachal. Usually there's an isr of Ashish Ach, you're not allowed to marry your brother's wife, but over here it wasn't a marriage at all, she could marry a brother. And it doesn't passel her of marrying a kahuna, she's not considered to be a Megurashis. Agrusha, Yaitze beget. If she leaves though with a get, her husband gave her a get, then Paslam and Achin, she can't marry the brothers, a Paslam and Akahuna, and she can't marry a Kayan. Mima Enes, if she is Mimain in the marriage, another distinction. So if she walks out, so then she will not have to wait three months until she gets remarried. This is a Takana Chachamah Wamasakin that usually. If you are, leave a marriage, whether a grusha or an almana, you have to wait three months until you get remarried to know exactly who the child is from the first marriage or the second marriage. But if she's a mama'enes, since it's not a marriage at all, Chachamim did not institute this takana here. Yaitse beget, but a ketana that's leaving her husband gave her a get. She will have to wait three months. As she explains, even though there's no suffix that she get, became pregnant from the first husband because she's a katana, but nevertheless, like plug, Chachamim did not make a difference. Once this, this was with a get that she left this marriage, so the takana will apply that she'll have to wait to get remarried. So the Gemara now asks, so we see over here, I mean, this is Shmuel Tamei. We see over here, Shmuel says that when it comes to this katana, there is a difference if she's leaving herself, or her husband gives her a get. But now the Gemara asks regarding most of the things that Shmuel said over here, my Kamashmala. What's the Chilish Shmuel saying? Tanina Kulu. We learned all this in a Mishnah Mesechta Yuvamis. It says there, 
If she refuses the husband that she's married to, he's allowed to marry her relatives. She's allowed to marry his relatives. And there's not possible of marrying a coin. However, if he gave her a get, he will not be allowed to marry her relatives. She will not be allowed to marry any of his relatives. And this get, which is really only a get with Rabbanon, nevertheless, shall be possible to marry a coin. So what's the Chiddush and Shabbat Shmuel said? So the Gemara explains, This halacha, that by a katana, that got a get, that she will have to wait three months, this was the Chiddush of Shmuel, the Leitnan. That does not say clearly in the Mishnah there in Yivam, as that was the main Chiddush of Shmuel. But now the Gemara comes back here to the Machloikis of Rav and Shmuel, regarding the Ksuba. So again, the Machloikis was, Rav says, when a katana gets a get, she gets a Ksuba as well. Shmuel said, if she gets a get, then she... she um, Again, again, what did I just say? According to Rav, if she gets a get, she still does not get a ksuba because the whole marriage is nothing. Shmuel says, if she's getting a get, she does get a ksuba. Says the Gemara, shall we say this machlekes of Rav and Shmuel regarding the marriage of this ketano is a machlekes of the following tanoim. Also in Yavam is there. Rabbi says, the marriage of a ketana is nothing. Again, when the father is not here. So it's a brother or the mother that marries her off. It's nothing. Unlike a regular marriage. So the husband does not get a metziah she finds. Not her income. To annul any of her vows. Does not inherit her. If he's a kayin, he's not allowed to be metamet to her. Like a kayin is allowed to his wife. The point, the rule here is as follows. She's not his wife for anything. However, if she wants to leave him, she will have to refuse the marriage. So Rabbi Yezah says it's not a marriage at all. So this seems to be like Rav's opinion. Rav says that it's not a marriage at all, and therefore if the husband gives her a get, he will not have to give her a ksuba. Rabbi Shuaim, uh, however, Rabbi Shua says, The actions of a katana when she gets married as a katana is something. Therefore the husband will get her of and her income as well. He knows her vows, he inherits her, it becomes tomiter. The rule here is, she is considered as her his wife for everything. All the takanas chachamim that apply in, a, in a, the conditions of exuba apply for her as well. But she's able to leave just by refusing the marriage. So this sounds like Shmuel. So Lema, shall we say, Rav, Rav, that says that the husband does not have to give her exuba. That's like what Rabbi says over here. The husband gets nothing from her. All the conditions of the exuba don't apply. The husband doesn't get any lost item from her and so on and her income. So so too the husband does not have to give her exuba. And Shmuel, and Shmuel that says that if the husband gave her a get, he will have to give her a ksuba. So that sounds like Rabbi Shua's opinion. That says that it is considered to be a regular marriage, that the husband gets all the things that are the conditions of the ksuba the husband does get from her. So the Gemara answers, no, that's, that's not necessarily the way we understand this machlaikis of Rav and Shmuel. So the Gemara says as follows, According to Rabbi Yezer, you're right, nobody will argue. Uh, that it's what Rav said will be true. Even uh, Shmuel will agree that according to Rabbi Yezer that says that she does not have to give him anything the way it is in a regular marriage, for sure the husband doesn't have to give her a ksuba as well according to Rabbi Yezer. That no one argues about. So that's taka true. According to Rabbi Yezer, Rav's shita will be right that he does not have to give her a ksuba. But we could still say that the argument in Rav and Shmuel, whether if he gives her a get, will he have to give her the ksobe, that will be an argument according to Rabbi Shua. 
Shmuel Krabishua. So Shmuel is obviously like what Rabbi Shua said. Just like Rabbi Shua said that what com- what comes from the wife to the husband, whether a metzia, whether income, all these different things from the wife to the husband, you don't get in the case of a katana. So too from the husband to the wife, he doesn't have to give her a ksuba. But Rav, Rav says there's a distinction. At kan Rabbi Shua hasam when Rabbi Yeshua says that by a ketana, that the marriage is considered to be a marriage, that's regarding the obligations from the wife to the husband. Since this whole marriage of the ketana is all for her benefit, so she, that, that she should be able to get married and people shouldn't treat her as hefker. So her obligations to her husband, that Rabbi Yeshua says, are in effect that she has to give him a metziah, her income and so on. However, the obligation from the husband to the wife, which is the ksube, that Rav says, Rabbi Shua will agree that the husband does not have to give the ksube to the wife. The whole thing was instituted for her benefit, but we're not going to obligate the husband to give a ksube for the wife because really the marriage is not a marriage at all. So the machlaikis between Rav and Shmuel could be all in Rabbi Shua's opinion.